Walter Balper the Tijuana Brass. I'm Carson Sestouli. This is Fangraphs Audio. My guest on this edition of Fangraphs Audio is the progenitor of the Jaffe War Score System, or JAWS, developed to measure a player's Hall of Fame worthiness. In addition to that, he is the author of the Cooperstown Casebook. He's a senior writer for Fangraphs.com. It is Jay Jaffe. Jay Jaffe is the guest on this edition of the program. And on this edition of the program, Jaffe writes a love letter to chaos. Over the past month, Jaffe has published a number of posts on Team Entropy, which he documents the paths to those end-of-season scenarios that would require the greatest number of tie-breaking games and which would facilitate the greatest volume of disorder. So particularly interested in Jaffe, and in this episode, I ask him why. Why do you care? As a human person, I have my own suspicions, naturally, but Jaffe, who is conveniently another different human person, uh, has his own ideas on the matter as well, and we examine those. We also examine some other means uh, in baseball towards perhaps better cultivating chaos. What if, for example, baseball were played on the same schedule that is weekly uh, over 16 or 17 weeks as gridiron football? What would be the consequences of such a change uh, and the disadvantages in particular? Uh, we also look at some specific cases of chaos entering baseball's final weekend, uh, in particular involving the NL Central, the NL West, and the NL Wild Card. I also asked Jay how he thinks I could approve the introductions that precede each episode of Fangraphs Audio. Here's his challenging response. I mean, I I could certainly stand to see it cut down a little bit. Difficult, Jaffe. Difficult to hear. We'll get to that conversation with Jay Jaffe in a moment, but first, it's both my privilege and also my professional obligation to announce that Fangraphs memberships exist. For a reasonable sum, readers of Fangraphs.com can support the great work that appears in those electronic pages. And for a slightly less reasonable sum, not unreasonable, but slightly less reasonable, readers can acquire what is known as an ad-free membership, which allows one to browse Fangraphs.com without the burden of banner ads, not only facilitating faster loading speeds, but also liberating one from the tyranny and also the distortive effects of advertising. you got the tyranny and the distortive effects, the two in the one. Fangraphs membership and ad-free membership, available by going to the URL Fangraphs.com. That's Fangraphs, a whole word, Fangraphs.com, and clicking around a little bit. Okay, with that advertisement now complete, we will move on to our conversation. What is it? It is Fangraphs Audio. Who does it feature? Fangraphs senior writer, Jay Jaffe. And when does it begin? Right now. To twenty-five-year-old Jay Jaffe, <laughs> I have no idea. Or do you think <laughs> that? Do you think that as you uh, as you age, Jay, the relationship with technology is becoming more fraught? No, I think I'm, I, I try to be on top of things. I have to administer a pretty complicated AV system here at the house, and uh, you, <laughs> a complicated you, AV system at the yeah. house. That was a great sentence you just said. I have to administer a <laughs> well, complicated AV Well, system. it's not like my two-year-old daughter can figure out why the hell the Apple TV doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, but at what age will at what age will she surpass you? Oh, I probably by seven. Oh yeah. So what have, what are you dealing with at two now? What programs are are going on at two, or is it audio you're doing on the on the what on here on here? Yeah. What are you playing around the Apple TV? Oh, I have. Uh, we have like you know Netflix and Hulu and. You know all of our on-demand stuff. Well, so what does a kid watch? Ba- what does a, a two-year-old watch? Uh, YouTube, mostly, oh. mostly YouTube. You know, just individual songs that we play while we clip our nails or or, or make dinner and stuff like that. Oh, okay, not like um, you'll you'll never guess what happened next videos. I don't know what those are. 
Well, you know, it's like uh, the cameraman. The cameraman just kept rolling. Oh no, I don't. Uh, no. Those are usually like the sponsored videos. Oh yeah, no, we try to avoid the sponsored. <laughs> God, they're, 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 and there's so much horrible crap on YouTube. It's uh, it's it's alarming. I mean, well, you he, know what? There's a lot of crap out there, Jay, because there's a lot of crap inside of us. <laughs> yes, that's true too. <laughs> Have you ever taken a moment to look inside? Uh, I was a biology major. I know just how much crap there is inside of us. <laughs> oh, it's gross in there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, complicated stuff. I'm glad we don't have to. Uh, I'm glad it takes care of itself mostly. Yes. Yes, indeed. Well, I'm glad it can, I guess, bring itself. There's a, there's an order to things that's, to the body at least, that's kind of striking given how little input we have <laughs> consciously. Yeah, I guess you. I guess you could say that. I mean, it's it's pretty fascinating. You know, there was a path actually that I was I was once on the, uh, on the pre med track. Uh, ended up a biology major in college, but uh, uh, decided I was just a little a little squeamish and uh, definitely very much not did not want to hang out with the uh, you know, the people that were grubbing for for the grades to uh, to get into med school. But uh, I was always fascinated by that stuff. Uh, my dad's a doctor. My grand my grandparents on his uh, my his parents. Uh, we're doctors as well. So I kind of grew up uh, fascinated by a lot of that stuff. Hey, in terms of quality of life, what's the best sort of doctor to be? I don't know. I have to say, uh, my dad, uh, being a radiologist, that seemed to work out pretty well for us. You know, you have, he had night call, you know, on uh, one night a week and, and at least one, maybe two weekends a month. But uh, generally seemed to be able to keep relatively normal hours and uh, the field just technologically just the field exploded underneath him in terms of like imaging you know going from from doing you know primarily x-rays to having x-rays ct scan mri scan and he got to develop uh, uh, some interventional techniques that uh, made a little bit of a name for him in the field with his uh, familiarity with technology do you think that he would be able to administer your, your home's av system dear god he can barely do facetime no, I, it's different. You know, he's had technician. He had highly paid technicians able to uh, uh, deal with it, deal with the uh, big machines that went bing mm -hmm. where he worked. And uh, um, you know, he's. Uh, I, I would say he's he's kind of uh, tech agnostic in a lot of ways. Um, he is does not have a smartphone. He uh, can barely use the computer. Does not even have an email account that he generally uses himself. He just piggybacks on my mom's uh, email account. You know, this is, I think he's a fairly typical 77-year-old man. Is regard. it true that a radiologist is just someone who studies radios? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm glad you verified that for me. We mentioned briefly uh, the, uh, the great order of the body, but uh, what I'd like to ask uh, about mostly today is uh, chaos. <laughs> Jay Jaffe. I'm interested uh, yes. in chaos. Uh, yeah. Yes. Well, you have you have you have a small child, so you know chaos. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've witnessed I've witnessed chaos. Although I've been led to believe that having two or more would create um, sort of an exponential, an order of magnitude more of chaos. Yes. Well, as 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 a family that has added a puppy uh, to the equation of, uh, oh, yeah. in in lieu of a second child, I can tell you that yes exponential is true exponential uh, and it is, true. It, it is a sharp uh, sharp sharp increase at least at this stage no i've observed that a little bit through social media both you and your uh, wife and 
also a baseball writer, Emma Spann, have documented a little bit the um, the glimpse the into the chaos. <laughs> yeah, the introduction. <laughs> of the I have to think that having the child first and then the puppy second is actually more difficult than the other the other way around. Yeah, you know, we had we had an old and aging Labrador who was around. Uh, this was Pearl, famous in her own right on social media, who uh, was around when Robin was born uh, and passed away about a few you know a few months after she was born. She had degenerative arthritis in her legs and uh, you know was really kind of at her last days. And it was you know we needed a, a sufficient period of more morning and, and uh, concentration on uh, uh, the one small creature that we had before we could get another dog. And I kind of, I yielded uh, this as, you know, I've never had a, uh, a dog other than living with, with Pearl. And I'm not sure I had a full grasp on just how chaotic a puppy would be. But I yielded to the whims of uh, Emma and Robin uh, when a very good dog crossed our paths as far as adoption went. Uh, I think in retrospect, I probably would have preferred us to wait till after the baseball season, uh, given the expanded demands uh, around the home uh, of both of our time. But uh, it is what it is, and and she's a great dog at the very least. We just have to kind of uh, calm her down a bit and try not to let Robin wind her up too uh, what much. About, what about accidents in the house? Still being housebroken. Um, still, you're still. St- st- oh, sorry, I was asking about you. How are you still going? In- <laughs> I'm. I, I've got a pretty firm grasp on things. I mean, I'm only 48 years old. My <laughs> my my, my, uh, uh, my body's still in reasonable shape when it comes to uh, uh, maintaining my dignity. So um, hopefully that'll hold out for another 30, 40 years. <laughs> well, dignity is a. Uh, there's a lot that can that can um, I guess. What is the word I'm going to compromise one's dignity? Oh yes. Um, oh yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah. Uh, right. Let's talk about chaos, though. Uh, you, you've you've uh, developed a beat for yourself at Fangraphs.com, and uh, this is something that happens at the site. Uh, it's something that I appreciate, as as you're probably aware. Meg Rally um, has taken has has taken the initiative on the any sort of scatological news. Uh, <laughs> the poop that emerges. The poop and fart beat. <laughs> the poop and fart beat. Right, and then and then of course when she when she diverted from that she she talked about blowouts, <laughs> which anyone yeah. who's contended with uh, with a, a child in diapers that has that word has uh, you know multiple connotations. Yes. Oh, if and when if and when uh, uh, Meg pursues motherhood, I'm sure she will have a whole new level of insight uh, uh, <laughs> in that field. God knows. <laughs> it's, yeah. Well, and, it's and indeed, I, I think that she's actually anxious to to own a pet uh, but uh, at least i think i'm getting this right um, which is another way to become acquainted with um well all of the messes of the world um <laughs> the wonders of the body <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> something that a biological uh, that a biology student would know yes uh would understand intimately uh, so yeah maybe she'll uh but i think that her currently her lease forbids her from doing it so uh, uh. perhaps she can get out from under that and uh get herself uh, an animal like she wants but let's this is not about meg rally this is about jay jaffe Yes. Well, I, I yeah, you're you're correct in that I have I've uh, uh, developed a little bit of a beat for this. Uh, uh, this started back at uh, 2011 when I was at Baseball Prospectus. That crazy stretch uh, in September where the Red Sox were busy coughing up uh, what seemed to be a pretty firm handle on a playoff spot, and then. Uh, I, I could never remember whether it was the Braves or the Cardinals that did it in the National League. One of those two was eliminated on the final day of the regular season, but we had a lot of fun with that. And I was talking, I was writing about uh, uh, rooting for entropy uh, in lieu of actually rooting for a team. You just want chaos. You want to you want to see the splatter. You want to see uh, uh, what happens when uh, when three or four teams tie. Uh, and it's a, a, a concept that I've carried uh, through uh, my years at SI, and and, and uh, I'm glad it's found a home here. It seems to be uh, uh, 
uh, well received. It's certainly something that uh, uh, that I enjoy putting together and trying to wrap my brain around. Right. Yeah. That was. Let's see. What was that? It was um, the Red Sox and Rays. Right. The Red Sox losing and the Rays uh, what beating the Yankees. Yeah, the Rays beat the Yankees on the final day of the season to claim a wild card spot there. And uh, let's see here. What was the other team? I think it was, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was the Cardinals and... Uh, I can't remember whether, whether it was, I'm looking it up now. I can't remember whether it was the Cardinals or the Braves that emerged with that. Oh, it, was, it had to be the Cardinals, of course, because they ended up winning the World Series. So it was the Braves that missed the playoffs that year. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically it was, I was tracking the final couple weeks of the season and uh, having, just having a lot of fun with it. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where the tag works, the hashtag uh, on social media works well to draw in bystanders uh, uh, and get them curious about it. And uh, uh, hashtag team entropy uh, was born then. So, right. You want, um, you're, you're hoping to, you're hoping for chaos. And I guess this is the sort of thing I'm, I'm in, in which I'm interested, not only for, the motivations for chaos, your motivations for chaos. Now, I don't, I don't want to hear about your childhood or anything like right. that. I would, let's start from the present moment. We don't, sure. we don't need to plumb the depths. I guess what your, essentially what your ideal version of it is, and there's a particular phrase you used in your, uh, you used in your introduction to team entropy that I was. Uh, oh, more ties in the men's department at Macy's. Is that the one? No, actually. Well, I'll get to it in a moment. And then I'm also curious, I guess, uh, about rules the rules of the game and in in all of its forms and which are essentially these are the um i guess these are the guiding features that uh, conspire to create these sorts of moments right okay yeah but first well let's return to uh, let's see the the phrase so to to tell you the phrase um this is where you say in your introduction about more baseball you want extra innings and tiebreaker scenarios topped with mustard and sauerkraut you want tvs laptops tablets and phones stacked like a and i'm going to uh pronounce this poorly a nam june pike uh installation yeah that sounds so about you can right. monitor all the action yeah is that right i think i, I think it's uh, pike or pike i'm not sure exactly how you say it but uh p-a-i-k can you just give me uh can you just give us a brief sort of um... oh I, let's see here um nam june pike is uh, uh this is just a footnote yeah here. it's uh, a sculptor who is uh renowned for these giant sculptures uh that that often include like dozens and dozens of television screens either you know tuned to specific images or maybe just color bars or just static i remember seeing some of these when i when i was coming down to new york city from providence uh back in the mid 90s when uh when i was considering moving here and in the process of moving here and uh, uh it's always stuck with me some one of those things i would see at the like the um the uh, sadly bygone downtown guggenheim uh, branch of the guggenheim or uh, some of the other hip museums uh, probably saw it at MoMA as well. I'm trying to remember uh, exactly where, but uh, um, these very, uh, I think I put, I think I put link, at least one link in, into the, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, to yeah, try to yeah, explain yeah. it. But uh, uh, yeah, Google Nam June Pake, and uh, you'll see uh, a lot of examples of this. It's just uh, lots and lots of monitors, uh, vintage uh, TVs and things like that. And these uh, very daunting and, and memorable sculptures. Yeah. It, it could look like, um, I mean, Right, it's uh, right. It's a lot, a lot of times it's monitors, televisions. I guess what frequently they're from. I mean, at this point, they're from the '80s. Uh, frequently, yeah, sort of vintage. Yeah, uh, yeah. and I should add, he's he's Cor- uh, South Korean, deceased mm-hmm. as of 2006. Did not, uh, yeah. Uh, so, um, uh, not okay. not sure. Uh, I don't have I, I don't have a great handle on his no. on his career arc, but uh, the TV's uh, always stuck with me. Right now, you say now you you're using the second person in this piece. You say you want more baseball, but. 
Uh, that's that's quite a presumption, Jay Jaffe, <laughs> to assume that I want more baseball. Here's what I here, here's what I'm assuming though. I'm assuming that you want more baseball, and you want it in a particular fashion. Yeah, you know, I'm uh, I want more baseball. I'm putting you know in this in the in the cases where I'm you know writing writing about team entropy, I'm taking the position of of the fan. I think as a professional, uh, these extra tiebreakers and and uh, this extra chaos adds a level of uh, pressure and logistical complication that maybe is not the most ideal thing for our jobs. Uh, I know from personal experience being asked to do, you know, extra work for some of this stuff is not always the, the most fun thing. And I can certainly sympathize with the, uh, you know, editors and and teams and, and leagues and whatever when it comes to the additional contingencies that have to be put in place. I mean, right now, uh, my poor wife, uh, who is uh, the the uh, managing editor of the baseball vertical for the athletic uh, is trying to coordinate uh, all these options as, as far as uh, uh, where her writers are going for the playoffs. And uh, it's a bit of a nightmare because there's so many teams up in the air. So, you know, acknowledging that uh, on the prof- on the professional side, this is maybe not the best thing. But from the fan or consumer side, uh, you know, it's it's uh, a multitude of, of options and uh, uh, a bit of extra craziness that might not have otherwise been there. And that's kind of a rare treat to have. Right. Now, I guess I'm curious for you, what would what is the ideal outcome what, for you? I, what, if, if you if you had your druthers, it would yeah. it be everyone's tied at the last day of the year. I think, I mean, I'm talking. Yeah, I think bring it to let's logical extreme. Well, we've you know, baseball has, I think, uh, no five way tiebreaker no official five-way tiebreaker process in place. Multiple people, including uh, uh, my former editor at SI, Ted Keith, and baseball prospectuses, Russell Carlton, and maybe some others have tried to uh, figure out what a five-way process would look like. You know, I think that that would be, uh, uh, be very interesting to see how that would work. Obviously, that would end up probably pushing the wild card games back and maybe even the starts in the division series back. For my purposes, I you know I was I was when I was running about this yesterday, we had in place it was a, a, a potential three way tie in the NL Central that also implicated the runner up in the uh, NL West. So you've got essentially a four way tie and how that would unfold, and you basically end up with two game one sixty threes and two game one sixty fours. I think that's about as, that's about as much as we could probably take uh, mm-hmm. realistically as a as a uh, as a functioning society. Um, <laughs> that's probably pushing the limits of, of human endeavor there. You know, it would, it would be fun to see what, you know, let's, let's say put that, double that in, you know, in, in each league. So we've got uh, four game 163s and four game 164s. And I think that would be just about as bonkers as you can get. Now, it's possible that multiple factors, I guess, are present in, in what attracts you to these to these tiebreaker scenarios. But is it for you, I'll just offer a couple, is it a question of leverage? So essentially, um, you know, every every pitch of every game possesses within it a, a certain degree of importance that is not typical of the uh, of the regular season, or is it the fact that a in this case a multi way tie just becomes a pain in the ass <laughs> for for the people who are forced to make decisions? And um, in a sense, it's no one's fault. It, it's almost like uh, what, what do people say that the prisoners. Who's the inmates are running the asylum? Yeah. Is that a thing that people say? Yeah, that's a thing that people say. 
Right, that's the thing that people say. So in this case, in a sense, you would say the inmates are running the asylum. The asylum's being run by someone who's not the asylum keeper. <laughs> but it's not really the inmates either. It's uh, circumstances yeah, running it's circ- the asylum. Yeah, I think it's probably more the leverage thing. I mean, you've just got more high-pressure games where so much is riding on them. I mean, you've essentially created an extra round of playoffs. I mean, I think, you know, the the uh, two-team wildcard format with the single elimination game came about largely because of the way that uh, those uh, game 163s, we had three in a row from 07 through 09, were received. Obviously, they got good ratings on, on television, uh, and they created a certain, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, a certain urgency about them. And then 2011 as well, I think uh, the, the plan was already in place before that or emerged by around that time. But I think it was clear uh, that baseball wanted more of that. And, you know, we've seen already over the past 25 years, you know, since the implementation of the three division plus wildcard system, you know, we've seen the postseason change, you know, to being more of a tournament where anybody who's in it has a chance rather than something that's designed to let the best team win. And this is kind of just a little bit more of an expansion of that. And, uh, you know, with just more, more wildcard type, you know, single elimination games in there effectively. Now, is the now you mentioned the, the, these higher leverage games. Do you think that a number of ways to pursue this? But here's my first question: Do you think that for sports, that the cultivation of high leverage moments ought to be the only or and or primary goal if you're the party responsible for constructing the rules? I mean, I think it's certainly among the primary goals. I don't know if it's the single one. I think you know maybe maybe there's something you know aesthetically about seeing athletes do these things, you know, do these feats that ordinary people can't do, like, uh, you know, throw a baseball very hard, make a baseball move certain ways, hit a baseball certain distances, you know, just to stick to the, to the baseball category, you know, that I think are, are, are worth appreciating, you know, just as ends unto themselves. But yeah, I think, you know, we want excitement, we want su- suspense, you know, we, we want drama and, uh, you know, close games, high leverage situations tend to produce those things. And, you know, we remember that we're still talking about, you know, let's say uh, a ground ball through Bill Buckner's legs or Bill Mazeroski's walk-off home run or Bobby Thompson's home run. I mean, those highest leverage moments are, are you know, are the most indelible moments of baseball history. Right. So, so here's it. Why have a 162 game season then? <sighs> do you have an argument on behalf of it, or do you I mean, want to see I, it cut? I could certainly stand to see it cut down a little bit. I wouldn't wouldn't want to see it cut down too much. I think there's a to me there seems like a solid argument to go back to 154. You know, just uh, reduce the, the the travel stresses on you know, and and maybe some of the physical stresses on uh, players, and uh, also retain some continuity with with the history of the game. I think that uh, this season it's a it's a marathon. It it certainly places emphasis on different things than than the playoffs slash postseason tournament does. But I think there's value in that too. I think there's value in the constancy of baseball, the way it's there for you every day, you know, for for six months, and uh, the way it uh, can bring people together, you know, that otherwise might not connect. Right. No. So, and see, so I I think you're exactly right. I think that perhaps another argument one could make uh, again from a game is that it's is is an argument on behalf of ubiquity, right? During the summer, baseball is very much with us. And one of baseball's virtues, at least I'd argue, is that it doesn't always demand your full attention at every moment. Right. Because there's so much of it, to give your full attention to it would would require you to ignore not only... friends and family, yeah. but professional obligations and basic hygiene. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, yeah. it's true. I mean, you know, one thing I've 
one thing I've found, and you know, this is true, is how much, you know, in some ways, if, if you're in our end of the industry, you end up watching parts of a lot of games. You don't necessarily mm-hmm. get to get to watch them with your full attention anymore. And it's kind of alarming, you know, how much you have to bury your head in a, in a laptop or, a, or, you know, in, you know, a computer screen to do your job rather than just sitting back and enjoying the aesthetics of the game that I was just rhapsodizing about there a moment ago, you know, you, because our, our focus has to be on, on a timely evaluation of the game, whether that's direct reporting or some kind of deeper analysis, you're, you know, you're putting together or I or whoever is putting together, you know, our own take on the game for for, mm-hmm. one, for want of a better word. And, and that means you can't quite consume uh, as much of it as you would. And sometimes the thought of uh, consuming baseball just purely recreationally is, is actually rather daunting because, uh, you do that at the expense of interacting with your child or, or, or getting errands done or, as you say, hygiene, things like yeah. that. And so you do have to make some sacrifices. There are just not enough hours in the day to, to do it all, you know, especially in, this day and age, especially in this day and age when we have access to all these games. What would you say to a version of base? This is just a, a brief thought experiment. It's, it's possible that others have conceived of this, too. I don't think it's a terribly original idea, but I've I've never asked it of Jay uh, Jay Jaffe, so uh, here it is. What would you think of baseball, a version of baseball that was played according to the NFL schedule? Hmm. Well, I think that's I think you get to that when when you're talking at like lower levels. Um, you know, it's not quite the same, but every like you know, college or high school. Oh, that's a good point. College, every, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, where every game every game means so much more because you're only playing you know a much shorter schedule. Little, I mean, little. My little league career, which which was one season long because I was absorbed in soccer because that's what my friends were doing and not baseball. Mm-hmm. My little league career was, I think, something like twelve games long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, more than Moonlight Graham. Yeah, more than Moonlight Graham, I'm, and uh, yeah. you know, and uh, uh, but every game meant something, and and uh, you know, you just you didn't. You had to you had to take uh, you had to take every uh, every at bat seriously because you didn't know when you were going to get another because you know I was in a league where everybody had to play at least I don't know half a game or something like that so my finale uh, in that league was uh, uh, getting a game tying RBI single uh, in the championship game I think it was the fourth inning and then immediately getting rewarded for my efforts by being pulled from the game the next half inning so. Uh, that that was the end of my baseball career. Beyond trying out uh, unsuccessfully for my high school freshman team, you, did, you didn't you didn't make a Vontae Davis like exit, did you? No, no. I actually I I, I believe uh, I probably got a little choked up uh, a bit uh, when I was pulled, knowing that I wasn't going to have another chance. But uh, but you knew you weren't going to play any more baseball after that. Well, it was I was I aged out of the league. I didn't oh. know that I was I didn't know that I was never going to play again. I just knew I was never going to play in that context again. And I was just a little bummed that I didn't get to play more. But we the rally in which I got the hit turned out to be the decisive rally of the game, and we won. And I got to celebrate, and so that was cool. And uh, you know, going out with a final uh, RBI single is a pretty good way to go. I, I have to, you know, I have to think. Uh, when can one expect your your memoir of this period? Uh, I've written about it a few times, not 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 to any great degree, but uh, you know, it's. Uh, uh, it's just one, this won't be available from uh, yeah from from Thomas Dunn uh, sequel to the Cooperstown case book. It'll be Jay Jaffe's Cooperstown worthy career that was snuffed out in the sixth grade. Is there such thing as a uh, as a little league Hall of Fame? 
Do you know? You know, I don't know. I imagine without that, looking without yeah. looking online, Jay. I imagine I, I'm not looking here. I'm imagining that, that there probably is one for guys like Todd Frazier or whatever who you know helped win championships and also went on to greater fame. But I don't know that for sure. Do you, all right. So say we don't know if there is one or if there isn't. Do you think there should be or shouldn't be? I don't. I wouldn't object to one. You know, I it's. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to try to game who should who should be in there and who shouldn't but I wouldn't object to it. Hmm. There is a Hall of Excellence, a hall for, of excellence. for the Little League. And so, for somehow NASCAR driver Kyle Petty is part of it. Huh. As is as is Joe Biden. All right. And uh yeah, there's some some interesting people Wait, Tom had, Coughlin. Had, had Little League even been founded when Joe Biden was young enough? I mean, that guy's what 70s almost 80. <laughs> Something like that. I I don't know. I am Rudy Giuliani is also part of it. Well, I think you well, now before we, know. Well, we started well, recording. You were you were praising. You were lavishing praise on. Yeah, right. Uh, you I, said I, he. You said he's not just. You said he's not just my mayor. He's America's mayor. That's what uh, you said. That is not what I said at all. That's, you are, that's you are, to this quote is, Jake. This is yet another Carson Sestouli fabrication. <laughs> what do you, you're like a one. You're like a one man garment district. You fabricate so much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, reality is a fabrication, Jay. So you know, you just say that mm-hmm. I'm. Uh, I'm just uh, you know mimicking mimicking the creator. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, rules. Oh yeah. So so baseball, baseball as uh, in a football. Think about baseball with a football schedule. What are the biggest changes? What are the biggest differences? Jeez. Well, you probably only have uh, uh, one or two starting pitching options. Um, you don't need more because you probably got some you know, longer delays between games. Either that or your season's just so short. It's like two weeks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If it's every day on Sunday or whatever. Right. It would yeah, be. Yeah. It's um... like every Sunday. It's probably, you probably have one starting pitcher. You're probably looking, looking, looking a lot like an 1870s roster. You know, you need fewer, fewer players to play. Hopefully you have fewer injuries that result from, uh, you know, from overuse and, and stress. Well, it's essentially be like half as many starts, right? If you're talking about. 16 games and then the playoffs, that would be... That's a lot right, less than half. I'm not sure what math you're using there, Carson, but that's a oh, lot Oh, no, less. no, sorry. I'm saying 15... St- I, well, because what's typical for a, like a starting pitcher is like 35 starts, right? Right. 32 to 35. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, yes. One starter making 16 starts, each of them on six days rest. Yeah. Right. Um, that's, I think you're probably going to have to put in, put in some throw days in there to... to uh, you know, to keep your strength up more than more than uh, more than anything right. else. Yeah, use your arm. Yeah. So, so talented starting pitchers would gain there. There'd be a um, a greater stratification in in pitcher value. Like yeah, the top, well, I think essentially would... like the top sixteen pitchers would be inordinately more valuable. Or yeah. the top thirty, I guess top thirty or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they would be it would be a much uh, yes, and they would be by, probably considered to be by far the league's most valuable players uh, because of the the uh, outsized impact they had, uh, you know, on every game relative to you know the, rather than just one in five or or, or whatever. Right, and twenty five. So there'd probably be less. So there'd probably be less run scoring, right? Because you'd have you would you would not have to use anywhere near as many pitchers, which means you wouldn't have to use. You know, whoever like the number five or four. Or, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, you. Well, yes, but I do think knowing what we know about the way the game is trending, you probably still see the starter go. You know, you might see the the starter still go. You know, let's see, two times through the order, and then you've got right. your, your parade of of, of bullpeners. Uh, uh, you know, parade from the bullpen guys throwing ninety eight with great success uh, at squelching the opposition. So yeah, it would probably be a a, a relatively low scoring league. 
Yeah, and and so if the roster size was still twenty five, at a certain point, <laughs> the need for pitchers would there'd be a lot there'd be a real uh, lack of return on like the uh, you know the eleventh or twelfth pitcher. Yeah, I, well, I think you could probably go go back like I was saying about nineteenth century rosters. You could probably you know dial that back to you know you've got uh, your starting nine and. Uh, and a few extra guys, you might have, uh, uh, I bet you could probably get by with like 15 guys in a circumstance like that. You, and that's even having, uh, uh, you know, some tactical guys for pinch hitting and pinch running or whatever late in the game. You're right, just, if, you're right, just if, not going to need a massive roster uh, if you're only playing once a week. Yeah. And if you did have 25, you could have like a whole fleet of specialists, essentially. That, that would I mean, be, you could, you'd, almost ha- you'd almost have like an offense and a defense platoon or something like that. Right. Yeah, it would be, if, uh, it would be a very different game. Yeah, but would it be a more exciting game? I don't know that it would. It might be. I mean, you know, I think uh, I don't know. You're thinking about thinking about another, you know, another short season format or another short format. It's not like uh, not exactly uh, what we're talking about. But think about the World Baseball Classic or the Olympics. Oh, um, yeah. You know, you got a kind of a compressed time uh, time frame in there, so you do need uh, more of a full roster. But uh, uh, you know, you've got kind of a short window of competition, and it manages to be quite exciting if you you know can can let yourself get past, you know, some of the fundamentally foreign aspects of it uh, relative to what we know and love oh, as, like, as Major like League Baseball. Enforced pitch counts. And... Enforced pitch counts and, uh, yeah, you know, the ghastly extra inning rule that uh, uh, that, that, that comes about, uh, you know, in the World Baseball Classic. I mean, obviously nobody's a fan of those, but and maybe you wouldn't have to have, to have those, uh, you know, in our, you know, ideal, ideally designed format because these pitchers would not be under uh, March... Uh, workload constrictions or anything like that but i don't know i i think it could be fun i think you know we've i've i've certainly been on board with the world baseball classic since it started and uh, uh look forward to it every four years now who's your team is it is it america or foreigners well I, you know i i mean i love watching the netherlands team i'm i'm team honkball uh, oh because because it's because it's, it's all shortstops essentially well and then i Vladimir mean Ballantine. yeah but i mean it's it, it to me a i think it's it's i think it's very cool that there is you know a, a relatively solid league uh you know over in uh you know over in the netherlands and that it has uh an, you know outposts uh you know over in the caribbean uh, mm-hmm. that, are, that have produced uh, some high quality major league players, and the fact that we've got you know this you know this great collection of, of talent that we've that we've gotten to see in that context. Let's see, it's uh, Bogarts, Scope, Gregorius, Profar, mm-hmm. and Simmons. I mean, that's you know uh, obviously all those guys. You know, some of those guys have had their ups and downs at the major league level, but the, I think that's a, that's a pretty fun collection of talent to watch. And then you know the idea that. Uh, Plus, you've got you know Loke Van Meel, the seven foot one pitcher, you know, and uh, lots of uh, doubling up of, of strange vowel sounds and things like that. And uh, I, I don't know, it's when, when they beat Cuba a few uh, a few years ago. I think that was that was one of the most fun baseball things that I've seen in a while. And hey, you know, on the other level, you know, watching the Cuban team is always pretty entertaining. It's not like we get to see them very often, even you know with the no, talent right. diluted. Yeah, usually it's on like an illicit. Uh, link that Ben Badler of uh, Baseball America has tweeted out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I the first World Baseball Classic in 2006, my brother-in-law at the time, this is from my, my previous marriage, he was a uh, good enough player that he got a little bit of uh, a little bit of experience in college playing and uh, was an excellent athlete. But uh, he talked 
my wife, his sister, uh, and me into uh, into going down to Puerto Rico for the the first round of the, of the 06 Classic, uh, in part because the Cuban team was there. Uh, this was the Cuban team when Yulieski uh, Guriel uh, was the was the country the top star in the country, mm-hmm. and and man, you just didn't get opportunities to see, see the Cuban national team. So that was pretty great to see them at uh, Iran Bithorn Stadium. It was uh, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, and that contest was just bananas. It was like a Friday night game, and just you know all kinds of noisemakers and copious quantities of beer being consumed in the stands and just a really, you know, carnival-esque atmosphere. And then uh, Cuba and I think, I think Venezuela, no, Panama was the other team. I can't remember. I think it was Panama was the other team in the bracket and they were just kind of out of place as, as, as sort of an afterthought. But uh, it was really cool to see, to see in that context and, uh, you know, made me a big believer in the, in the classic. Let me ask you about this. Uh, your most recent dispatch uh, regarding team entropy just, uh, um, I think, what, just came out yesterday? Uh, yesterday. At, by the time we're recording, yeah. Yeah, yesterday. And, and unfortunately, all, you know, within hours of, uh, of me laying out the scenarios, the most appetizing one, which would be the uh, three-way tie in the central plus the, uh, plus the, the tie with the uh, NL West runner-up producing the four-way, fell by the wayside because the Cardinals lost and thus were eliminated from division contention. But uh, other than that, we've still got some pretty appealing possibilities for extra baseball. Right. So as we speak, and given my track record of uh, publishing (laughs) podcast episodes Mm -hmm. after recording them, uh, the number of uh, days in between, um, I I can make no promises, Jay Jaffe. However, as of today, this afternoon when we're speaking, uh, we find that the Cubs and the Brewers have both won 92 games, and we also find that the Rockies and the Dodgers have both won 88 games. Yeah, we have two races. The two division races are separated by a half game with the uh, the Cubs and, and Rockies uh, ahead of the Brewers and Dodgers, respectively. And then we've got uh, a wild card race as well, which, uh, which now uh, involves uh, the other three teams here, of which uh, only two are going to survive. And right now... Uh, at the very least, the Brewers have a, a very firm grasp on the wild card spot if they don't win the Central, and the Dodgers have a one game lead over the Cardinals there. So you've got three very tight races, and uh, uh, I guess today we're going to do away with those half games with the uh, the, the schedule that has uh, which two of these teams again are playing. I know one of them is the Rockies. The Do- the Dodgers are idle. The Rockies play. Uh, oh and- right, right, right. And, yeah, and then uh, maybe the it's, maybe uh, the Cardinals are the other one. Then it's the um, the Cubs must be the one. Oh, the, the Cubs play. Right. Okay. Um, so then, so going into tomorrow, we're going to have uh, uh, could potentially have uh, three races with uh, one game margins as we head into the weekend. Okay, and you accept it? Is I can, good enough for you? I can live with that. I, I, yeah, I mean that's uh, it would be a little bit more fun if they were tied, but really, you know, it's, this is uh, this is pretty good to have three options for playoffs. Uh, uh, heading into the final weekend. Right. So the main tensions are between, uh, right, just to re- recapitulate, between the Cubs and the Brewers for the NL Central, mm-hmm. between the Rockies and Dodgers for the NL West, and then probably the Dodgers and the Cardinals. Well, just the two the two runners up and and the Cardinals for the for the t- for the uh, for the wild card. Because, right. Uh, right. Yeah. But the Brewers seem like they're. The Brewers seem like they're pretty safe at this point, isn't that right? Well, the Brewers have, have Brewers and Cubs have both clinched a berth, right? As of last night, 
so that takes that takes them off the table. So it's it's the Dodgers, Dodgers, Rockies, and Cardinals that are now fighting for two spots here, and then the rest is is seeding, which you know really does matter when you're talking about the difference between a best of five and a best of one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a trivial distinction, but it is uh, at the very least the, those two teams, uh, the the Cubs and Brewers, know that they will get uh, extra baseball, and they will be able to say, yes, we made the postseason this year. So what's your what's your ideal outcome? Uh, Jade. But but like um, I guess what the regular season ends on Sunday. Yeah, so what well, do you, let's see. So having as of Sunday afternoon, what do you want? Well, if we get a three-way tie for the two wild card spots, that would take two games to two games to to work through. So you a three-way get... tie for the two wild card spots. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Three-way tie for the two wild card spots. So that's the so that would probably be be the two runners up in this in the NL Central. Yep. And then it would be the runner-up in the NL West. Yes, most likely. Yes, that, that would, as of that, today, that, that, would, that would be what it has to be because there's right. just really aren't any other ways to do it um, in terms of the material that we have left. Let's see, three club tie for two wild card spots. Hold on, I'm going back. To, I'm pulling up my my tiebreaker page here because I don't want to misspeak here in terms of right. How no, don't looking. misspeak, please, Jay Jaffe. Three club tie for two wild card spots. All right. So the way this works. If you're interested in knowing, is that the three clubs would be assigned a pecking order based on their cumulative head-to-head records against the other two, and then they would get to pick whether they want to be club A, B, or C in the following format, where A hosts B, uh, and the winner uh, is is one wild card participant, and then C hosts the loser of that game to become the other wild card participant, and then those two surviving teams play the wild card game proper. So you've had two games to create a wild card matchup there. What would be even more ideal is if we end up with division ties between the aforementioned teams. Those two teams would would have to play off to see who 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 gets to be the wild card entrant and who gets to be the division winner. That's not just assigned based on uh, the head-to-head record. And then you throw all that into uh, this three-team wild card scrum. So we could get we could still get a heck of a lot of extra baseball here. Yeah, wait, I'm trying to figure out is it possible I think to have all still technically possible to they yeah, could we all would, have we would have yeah we would ha- we would have to get everybody to ninety two wins which means the Cubs and Brewers uh, losing out the rest of the way and the Cardinals winning out the rest no wait, the Cardinals can't get to ninety two wins I'm sorry yeah I'm glad you're apologizing at least yeah I'm so yeah. sorry man four, four <laughs> wins so they could tie. So the Cardinals could tie with both the Rockies and Dodgers, though. Yes, the Cardinals could tie with both the Rockies and Dodgers, and the Brewers and Cubs could separately wind up tied. Yeah. And that's when you're going to get that's when you're going to stack all your televisions and get your dad to to set up your Apple TV AV system. <sighs> no, my 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 Apple TV is in good shape. Uh, <laughs> it's in good shape. But your two year old daughter doesn't know how to operate it. Two year old daughter does not know how to operate it, but she will gladly hand you the remote anytime it is unguarded. <laughs> And what does she want at that point? She wants. She just wants to make. She just wants to make sure you know where it is because obviously you place vital importance on it. By the way, by the by the late amount of time you you spend holding on to it. Same way with phones. <laughs> you know, if my phone is sitting on the te- coffee table and she and she can get to it before I can, she will get it and then bring it to me because she thinks she thinks that I think it's important. And it, in well, yeah, some ways, you... it probably is. I mean, it certainly beats her, uh, you know, sticking it in her mouth or dropping it in the toilet or right. uh, or any of the other things that she could do to uh, uh, to cause uh, uh, device mayhem. 
are calling up and cursing out Fangraph CEO David Appleman. Uh, yes, yes. Have, have you considered that? Uh, I have not. Oh I yeah, not. yeah. No, uh, right. I yeah, I can see that. I I hope she doesn't do that for your sake. <laughs> yes, probably not a good idea. No, I don't think so. Okay, so what? What? So maximum entropy at this point, maximum chaos. The result of entropy would be definitely a tie atop the. The ties atop the two divisions. Right. So the ties, well, let's see here. Ties atop the two divisions, but then you'd also have to have, you still need to have a tie between, well, oh boy, this is it's, this is still complicated. No, you could still do it though. You could still have a tie between, say, the, the, okay, the, the Cubs and the Brewers. Yes. And then you could have, you could have a tie between the Cubs and the Brewers, and then you could have a three-way tie uh, between, <laughs> between the Dodgers, Cardinals, and Rockies. The Cubs and the Brewers would play off. That would be one wild card team, right? Plus the division winner, the Dodgers, Rockies, and Cardinals. Let's see. The first, first the Dodgers and Rockies. They would play would, off to would, see who won. Would, would play off to see who won. Yeah. And then the Rockies and Cardinals would play, or the loser. Sorry, the loser of that game would play to see who the other wild card team is, and then we'd have the wild card game participants laid out. The NL West, yeah, so that's actually a potentially, that's an interesting prospect, right? If you are the team that qualifies, if if the Dodgers and the Rockies were to tie atop the National League West, I'm trying to imagine in my head, mm-hmm. if they were to tie and they also tied the Cardinals, so they all have mm-hmm. the same record, the game between the Dodgers and Rockies, the one game playoff, would be very important. Yes. Because the loser would have to, I assume, play another game would have what, to win the next day. Would have to win. Day? Would have to win two more games without losing in order to get to the division series. Right, as opposed to just winning that one game. Yeah, yeah. Now, I believe that the Korean League, and I, I could be wrong, but I, I think from reading articles by erstwhile contributor Travis Sanchuk, I think uh-huh. what he says is, if you have um, now, imagine this, right? And again, this is t- this gets back to the um, this idea of the construction of the rules and how well they do or do not facilitate, uh, I guess, those moments that we as observers, but the, the moments by which we are most uh, moved, right? You use the word appetizing, and I, li- I like that word as well. Mm-hmm. I think in a case, they have two wild cards. I could be very wrong about this, but this is at least something. Two wild cards. The team that takes the first wild card spot plays against the team that takes the second wild card spot. The number one wild card team only has to win one game, whereas the number uh, two wild yes. card team has to win two games. Does that right. sound familiar? Yeah, I, I, I vaguely remember Travis writing about this uh, yeah. while he was still uh, on our roster, so to speak. Yeah. And yeah, it's, you know, that, that makes sense because you've created an, an extra incentive to uh, to be you know wild card team number one. You've also you know, created the potential for these, the wildcard format to be longer than just a single game, which I, you know, which is, I think, uh, the belief of some that one game, you know, should, you know, is, is too little to decide this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's an interesting idea. I suppose you could also, it's probably never going to happen, but I suppose you could also do it the way they do it in soccer uh, with, you know, two games and a combined aggregate score. All right, yeah. To decide how it moves on. I know that uh, for some people, taking any kind of cues from soccer would probably be, you know, yet another milepost in the wussification of America or something along mm-hmm. those lines. But, you know, there are there are ways to create, uh, you know, additional 
Now, that would be interesting, like in the case of, so the way it works in soccer is not only aggregate score, but if the if the aggregate score were were a tie itself, right? Right. Then the result would be whoever scored the more more away runs. Uh-huh. The away goals rule is how it's decided in soccer. But if you were the Dodgers and the Rockies, we have here um, Dodger Stadium, which uh, I think uh, relative to the average park suppresses runs a little bit. And then obviously course Field. Yeah, um, right. Oh, I, see, I get what you're saying. Yes, it's easier. Inflates them. So the Dodgers and, yes. actually have an advantage. Right. Yeah, because it would be point. easier to score runs away. That, that is a good point. So I'm just, hey, there's always grist on this particular mill, Jay Jaffe. I apparently, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Had, Do you have any references thought... to make from the from the early days of agriculture? <laughs> as yes ye no? shows, as ye sow, show, so shall ye reap. Oh yeah, that's that? right. That's have you beheld the uh, <laughs> the the birds, the field? They neither uh, toil nor spin. No, uh, they don't store in barns. That's what the birds don't do. The lilies <laughs> of the valleys don't toil or spin. Okay, well, that's that's you, from uh, oh, that's from the New Testament. Sorry, you may not be uh, familiar yeah, with I'm that. Not, I am definitely not familiar with it. That's Testament. the apocryphal testament. Yeah. What did what did Jewish people do with the New Testament? Were you just sitting around in uh, sitting around the temple? You just ignore it, right? You just ignore it. I think it doesn't you know, exist. You regard it as you regard it as somebody else's you know somebody else's book. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's not mine. You know, it's hey, um, it's, uh, you know, it's 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 uh. Yeah, I mean. So do, wait. So does that make does that make Judaism easier, or do you have to read all the other books like the Talmud and etc.? I mean, I, you know, you're talking to somebody who 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 doesn't read much of anything. Well, I'm asking you to have a strong opinion text, on a subject I, I, you may not know thoroughly. Yeah, I <laughs> ideally, yes, you are supposed to read other, other, you know, the 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 Talmud and and uh, uh, and, and some of the other some of the other uh, yeah uh, works. I mean, there, you know, there is I know. From having been to two services here in the last week, or last two weeks, I should say, that you know, there's a whole there's a whole extra set of uh, writings uh, uh, that you you know that you do during services called the the Haftarah. Oh yeah, um, which you know is uh, you you get one for your bar mitzvah, you know, as part of the bar mitzvah service, and uh, it's a whole separate you know tract that you have to read that's not from the Torah. So yeah, I don't know. I I, I think it's uh, let's see. Trying to remember what the, the groups of writings were called. My Hebrew school education is long behind me here. No. Your uh, your rabbi's very disappointed right now. Yeah, I don't think my rabbi's been keeping tabs <laughs> on me, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I don't think the rabbi's been been keeping too too close of tabs on me. Now do you did you have a uh... Bar mitzvah? Yeah. Yes. And do you do you remember your portion? Yeah, actually, I do. Um, I, I remember at least parts of it because they were just so drilled into memory. And uh, I actually did do the Haftorah portion uh, as a callback a couple of years after, um, just to sort of be, I guess, show my dedication to it uh, or whatever. So, um, but in what in what uh, setting? In what capacity? In, in, in a synagogue. I did. Oh, you know, okay. I, part- I you know when when it came up a couple of years later, I I had. I'd sort of volunteered for it because it was still stuck in my brain, and I think I was—I <laughs> think I, you know—I I think I was—I was in the—it uh, was—I was in the confirmation class, you know, post bar mitzvah Jewish education. Uh, it was my last year of it, and I just thought it would be a nice idea to do it again, and uh, I did it again. Was it worth it? You think? Were you? Yeah, it didn't satisfying? take too. Were you know, satisfied? It didn't. It didn't take too much. Uh, too much extra effort. I think I had to run through it a few times beforehand, and uh, but uh, you know, it got—it was—it was something that meant to me meant something to me at the time. I don't think I would, uh, doesn't 
mean as nearly as much to me today. But uh, you know, I actually just attended uh, the bat mitzvah of of a friend uh, this past weekend, and it got me thinking as to whether I would want you know my daughter to go through that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like already the way you phrase it to go through that. That's uh... well, you know, there are challenges. Uh, you know, it's 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 a lot of extra work. It's uh, you know, it's whereas uh, you know my parents had joined a synagogue. Uh, almost immediately after we moved to Utah, you know, I have never been a member of a synagogue since I've been in in, uh, in New York City, and that's you know we're 23 years in, and I'm sort of uh, I'm a free agent in that regard, and mm-hmm. uh, you know that's doing so is not is is not a trivial expense, and you know that's that's part of it. It's also, you know, my wife and I don't uh, don't necessarily see eye eye to eye on on uh, uh, on on whether this is uh, you know something that that's worth pursuing and my daughter may not see it uh that way so you know we're we're uh, uh several years away from making the determination as to whether that's uh, uh that's an option but you know my wife is jewish but she wasn't bat mitzvahed and uh, uh i don't think she sees uh you know quite the same uh, value in it as i do and that's you know that's okay um but we'll have to uh you know, we'll have to table the discussion, you know, until there's an actual third party to be part of it, you know, who can make an informed decision as opposed to uh, bowing to one set of demands or another. For I mean, for the moment, it'll just be uh, the Church of Baseball, it sounds like. Yeah, it's Church of Baseball and the Church of uh, uh, whatever else uh, our daughter's interested in, uh, Legos or dinosaurs and, you know, uh, whatever. Crowns yeah, I can tell, I, I know that... <laughs> Uh, our son, politically, I can tell you, uh, has made his intentions very clear. Is he's uh, he's an anarchist, as I, yes. I think most I most think, I think, are. I think toddlers. most 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 toddlers are definitely on team anarchy. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there, or as I said, uh, when the uh, when we got the dog, uh, team entropy has grown by one. <laughs> yeah, or there maybe it's feudalism, where you are just uh, you know it's you really take you really are working for them. They're, yeah. they're perched in their literal in their literal high chairs, commanding orders. Do you know what our son does when he's done with uh, food? Is he just throws it? Oh yeah, That's hey, not... I'm quite familiar with that phenomenon. What do you do about it? You just wait for him to grow out of it. No, you you know you tell them that's not what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was, we explained that to him. As Emma and I often laugh, you know, one of the constant refrains in our in our uh, in our household is that's not what we're doing. We're not doing that. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, and I yeah. say, or we find ourselves saying it to the dog as often as we do <laughs> the, ch- the, ch- the child. Yeah, I also you know, like yeah. I think my wife, a very similar phrase. She said, we don't do that in this family. Yeah, or we don't do that in this. Yes, all the yeah, many, I really like many that. variants. Yeah. I really like, yeah. I, I really like that. It makes it, um, uh, it gives some sense that there's, there's like almost a legal aspect to it. Or it's, yeah. a, or it's, like, it's like a class situation. We don't, right. perhaps the unwashed, not us. We, we rise to different standards than that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Jay, I think it's uh, both uh, time for us. Uh, to return back to the uh, the horrible, grotesque world. But allow me to say, uh, before we do that, uh, let me just say just thank you. Yeah, sure. It was a pleasure. It's yeah, and I hope to... you get your wishes for chaos. Thank you. I hope so, too. I hope we uh, hope we can be talking about this stuff uh, uh, or that I at least get to write a few more entries in the, uh, in the big book of Team Entropy here this weekend. Uh, uh, I will be uh, watching closely. Well, if you would like to utilize the Instagraphs function. I will probably be doing just that. Okay. All right. That sounds good. Well, in the meantime, allow me to say thank you, Jay Jaffe. Thank you. Yeah, that has been Jay Jaffe. Thank you, Carson. Senior writer for Fangraphs.com, editor of the Cooperstown Casebook, progenitor of the Jaws Hall of Fame rating system. I'm Carson Zestuli. This has been Fangraphs.com.